and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. We are coming at you again from quarantine. And how are you doing, Regan? I'm good. I'm good. We are. We've just rounded out our third week of uh, being completely quarantined. I've been the only one running errands, so everybody else has been home. And our governor just passed a law where we all have to wear face masks outside of the house now. Oh, uh, we've been told they're no, they're not useful if you're healthy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they really are, but I think they also help you. I mean, I don't know if they help you not getting sick or if everybody wearing them. If you happen to be carrying it, yeah then you won't infect other people. Maybe that's the thought process. I think if, you, if you're sick, it can sort of minimize the distance that droplets right. will go if you cough or sneeze. Yeah. I think that's, if you're sick, yeah, that makes sense. It's so hard that this is hitting during allergy season, though. I Like, my heart feels for people who are having allergies really badly and everybody just thinks that they're spreading the coronavirus. Man, that was me. That was me last week. We had two days where the pollen count was so high and I was streaming from every orifice. I was sneezing <laughs> like three, four times a minute. And I went to the supermarket and I just kept walking around going, Achoo! it's hay fever. Achoo! It's hay fever. That's basically what I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, at least we've got a really lovely warm weekend this weekend. And I think that's nice. making a huge difference. Imagine if this was going on in like November and December. Well, I mean, we still get snow because this is like our snowy season. So it snowed two days ago. So the kids were trapped in the house for about two days. They were able to go outside now. So it's not as hardcore as it has been in the past, but... I'm still not feeling like I'm super jealous of all my friends from Texas where it's been like 80 degrees. So people have been swimming in their backyards. And I was like, if I could only fill up the pool for the kids and just let them have at it, it would make my day-to-day life so oh much God. easier. <laughs> oh my gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? I'm so jealous of the weather of the South right now. But well, anyways. With any luck, it'll start to get warmer. It's already getting lighter. So if we have yes. to be stuck in our houses, then at the very least... You know, at least we're going towards the light, towards the heat, towards the warmth. Absolutely. Silver um, linings, right? Silver linings, really desperately trying to find some. Yes. Somewhere. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know if you can tell, but I'm starting to go a little bit stir crazy. Yeah, lot, I don't man. Mine goes back and forth. I mean, on the one hand, it's kind of shown me I actually don't leave the house very often during the week anyways like I do I mean the majority of my work is at home so yeah it's just dealing with other people being in my space which has been a bit of a challenge but um yeah we'll see no, how it goes I feel you I, I I'm finding the space thing the hardest I think just yeah because I love being at home and I'm a homebody so that's not a problem but I really right. prefer to be at home on my own a hundred percent I don't know if that makes me a dick. It's just great when the house is empty and I can get on with shit. Right. Um, right now, every time I try to clean, it's like fucking vacuuming while they're eating Oreos. There's just no right. fucking point. <laughs> it's just exhausting. Do you know right. what I mean? And I've got to a point where I'm like, I'm fucked either way because it's going to irritate me if I don't do it. Yeah. But it just really irritates me when I do it and then they just shit all over it. Yeah. No, I mean, I hear you. I think that's just kind of the way our world is working right now. Uh, in the state of Colorado, we just got an email saying school is now done. So we'll just virtual Ooh. school until the end of May. And then... Ooh. God, yeah. I felt that like a kick in my gut. I mean, listen, you say that... There's very little chance that our kids are going back before September too. I mean, I think that's really the reality of everything. I know Texas has suspended, like Texas is the same. So school's out until the end of May. These are just the people that I like personally know that have reached out to me. So I mean, the thing is as well, at least yours was finishing in May anyway. Like That's we, absolutely correct. My kids are still supposed to be in school for June and July. Yeah. So like... I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with them. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be like this, right? I mean, that's what I'm wrapping my head around. Like, this is just the way life is going to be for a while. I know. And we'll all and look you know back what? on it and it'll all be fine. But at the same time. And also, they're going to start eventually relaxing the lockdown. So totally. It, it won't be that we're in the house 
with them all day, every day till September. That's what I have to keep reminding myself. Like eventually I'll be able to take them out again and do shit. Right, Um, right. But good Lord. I mean, (laughs) it still blows my mind when I think that we're in this position, but here we find ourselves. So, Yep, I uh, mean, at least there's great TV to be watched. Um, You know, we're still doing the podcast, so there are good podcasts out there for you to listen to. I mean, I think, I think back to like, if this had happened 50 years ago, the fuck would we, how much harder it would have been really, man, it would have been miserable. Like it would have been miserable. And it's, it's, it's a perfect time to be in lockdown during a global pandemic. If there is such a thing, absolutely. We can, you know, we can Skype or zoom or, I tell you what, if you own shares in Zoom or House Party right now, you yeah. are laughing. Um, oh, totally. You know, but we or can record at our home podcast. workouts, at, at home, home workout workouts. service, like all this stuff. I think it's going to be really interesting to see after all this is done, how many things people still use at home versus going out. And I wonder like what that shift kind of will make our economic kind of, I don't know, workplace, like how that will change everything. Yeah, it's interesting. I hope that we do take from this some sort of lesson. And I hope that people, as soon as it's all done, I hope people don't just forget what we just fucking went through. Because I do believe, and this may be me being a bit hippie, but I do believe that this is a way of the earth writing itself to a certain extent. I was... um, reading something that somebody wrote, and I can't remember who it was, which makes me kind of a dick, but fuck, who was it? No, but it was basically this conversation between Mother Earth and nature and the earth. Yeah. I'll start again. It was this conversation between Mother (laughs) Nature and earth, and it was like earth going, what the fuck are we going to do? And Mother Nature's going, I don't know. She's like, I've tried droughts. I've tried volcanoes I've tried setting fucking continents on fire she's like (laughs) nothing's fucking working I'm I'm gonna have to bring out the virus that's what it is but interestingly there was like all sorts of cool things happening like in Venice all the canals are now like crystal blue clear you can see the fish through them and stuff like that and what I found astonishing is the speed at which the it seems oh yeah you know so many just one thing and then I'll shut up but there was so many like rural towns in England where animals are now that used to live like wild on the mountains and now coming in just playing on kids playgrounds and because it's so quiet and they're like it's really interesting this whole argument has always fascinated me because like the whole environmental movement is all about humans existence on the planet like we've learned anything from Chernobyl like the planet will clean itself the planet will take care of itself and I think we're seeing that right now it's our existence on the planet that is in jeopardy it's not the planet itself um, and I've always found that like a really interesting thought process on the whole environmental movement like we're doing it for ourselves we're not doing it for for the planet, yeah. if, if that makes sense. No, totally. Kind of we're doing a it dick to, way to, to put secure it, our own existence. Because if, we, yeah. if we're too much fucking trouble, the earth will get rid of us. And it's right. that simple. Like, <laughs> you look back to the fucking dinosaurs. Like the bad kids, like, put on the naughty step. Like, you know yeah. what? You people are acting up. I'm putting you back in your houses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but, you know, it's like the fucking dinosaurs. Nobody knows where they went. Nobody knows how they were yeah. wiped out. I They're genuinely being believe the earth went, you know what? You're kind of <laughs> Fuck being you guys. Twats. We're done. I'm breaking up with you dinosaurs. Goodbye. And I think if we're not fucking careful, the same thing could happen to us. So anyway, that's what I've taken from it. Um, Yeah, that was coronavirus earth corner on (laughs) TV my husband hates. Come back next week for the next in uh, the coronavirus <laughs> chat with Kat and Reagan. Um, I tell you what, should we just start fucking talking about what we're supposed to? Yeah, well, yes, in just one minute, if if you'll indulge me for a little minute. So Do it. Uh, this week I participated in a Zoom virtual bingo, and it was so much fun that it kind of gave me an idea, and I want to put this out there to our listeners, and if you guys are possibly interested in it, let us know, direct messages, uh, direct message us, private message us, send us an email at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. But I was thinking maybe a reality TV virtual pub quiz could maybe be a lot of fun. That sounds like a fantastic idea. We did a Zoom pub quiz on Thursday with our friends. Um, I got a bit overexcited about being in-in. And um, 
drank too much <laughs> and was really hungover. But I won't do it this time. But I think that's a great idea. Let's see. Let's put it out yeah. there and see what we can do. So if you guys are interested in it, let us know. Maybe there could be, you know, I don't know. Like we, Kat and I can work on it behind the scenes, but I just wanted to put it out there to see if anybody was actually interested in doing that. We would participate in it. Um, yeah, I just think it could be something fun. So let us know your thoughts on that. Perfect. Um, now should we do what we're supposed yes. to do? Okay, yes. great. Let's get uh, to business. Kicking off with, as ever, Shards of Sunset. Um, this is because of the way they've scheduled this. It's kind of annoying. I know. But this isn't the one that this isn't the one you've just watched. This is the one before. Yeah. Um, so this is the one where we start off back in Arizona with Destiny doing the Vegas thing. Right. She like kind of makes up with the boys, her girls perform, and then we move on. Yeah. I still feel like in this whole MJ and Reza sort of tragedy. Yeah. I still feel like Destiny is not fully owning whatever the fuck it is that she's done. Well, I think we see that at like Vita's retirement party. Nima brings that up. Like, I don't feel you're being kind of a hundred percent kind of responsible for your part in this. Like you're just saying it wasn't you and kind of stepping out. But I think, I feel like everybody feels like she played a little bit more of a part in it than she's kind of owning up to. I don't really know. Like for me, I don't understand why everybody's not just happy to pin this on Ali and like move on. Um, I, I think, uh, I listened to a different podcast that had Reza on it. And I don't know if we want to talk about it in this episode, yeah, but, um, well, yeah, well, I already brought it up, so I guess we are, but, um, I listened to a podcast with it's Sheena Shea's podcast from Vanderpump rules. And she had a, a whole thing on like the boys of, uh, the Shaws of sunset. And in that, ep- in that episode, it's the newest episode. I think that's out, but, um, Reza kind of explains where he's coming from with this whole thing. And he does preface it, especially in his IGTV. I think he, Reza prefaced it by saying he's incredibly embarrassed by the way that he's behaved in this whole season and he should never have acted that way, which, you know, an apology goes a long way with me. Like, I think it's hard to kind of keep control of your emotions while you're filming some of these shows. Yeah. <laughs> and I no, think I agree. obviously you look back on yourself and you're like, damn, I was a dick. But Reza kind of brought up the background, which we don't see in that MJ had kind of brought this idea to him ages ago about kind of the text messages and Allie and getting Allie on the show, because apparently he's interviewed to be on the Shaws of Sunset for like five years or whatever. And the people keep turning him down. So MJ wanted to bring him on kind of through this scandal and brought it up to Reza. And Reza was like, no, I'm not interested in kind of exploring that. I don't want it to be on the show. And then all of this kind of happened. So I think that's why he's mad at MJ was that this was planned. She had actually brought it to him. He didn't want anything a part of it, explained to her why he didn't, but then she kind of did it anyway. So I think maybe that's where all this anger at her and why this friendship maybe can't be repaired was because this was brought up beforehand. Well, I, I think for me, that makes a lot more sense in terms right. of why he's so angry. And also it makes a lot of sense in terms of I've got, you know, all this kind of, I've got receipts, da 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 It's not the fact that she wanted uh, um, Reza to know about the text. It's that she's orchestrated so that it definitely comes up as a storyline on the show. Right. Which does add an extra layer to it because if somebody has specifically said, no, my marriage is off limits, I don't want to do that, then for somebody to do that just to secure her own kind of role in it and her own kind of cash cow, if you like, I would get that. And I totally get that. And it does make me soften a little bit towards Razor for sure. But I do still think if him and Adam are fine then I do think he is going to eventually regret not having a conversation with with MJ about this to to work it out. And I think eventually it'll get down the line. He'll be like, you know what? What did it even matter? And I think maybe he just has to get there. But um, it does add a lot more context, which does kind of make it all a bit more understandable. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, you and I were kind of chatting about this text before because in this episode, we do see that MJ has texted Reza from Nima's phone because Reza blocked her number and kind of 
and apologized without actually saying the words, I'm sorry, which I think we both kind of agree. If you get an apology, it's a bit ridiculous to kind of get really hung up on those exact words. If like the gist of the text is an apology, um, but we don't do see think, the makeup. No, I do, and I do think that that MJ took responsibility, reached out to Reza, even if it was, and even if it wasn't a full apology, I think it right. was such a big first step that it deserved at least an acknowledgement. And I think that he's, I think that he should have responded. Yeah, it still deserves a conversation. I mean, I, I think there are very little things that you can't mend a friendship from. Yeah. Honestly. I, I agree. And, and I think... With some time. If, especially a 30-year friendship. Yeah. But I think what I'm really finding uncomfortable about the whole thing isn't actually the fact that they're not talking to each other. It's more the, the way that MJ and Razor are putting this on their friends. Like, I really hate this idea that both of them are perpetuating, which is you have to pick a side. Right. Um, because it's just super fucking childish. And I think if you and I were friends and we had a mutual friend that, we fell, that I fell out with, I right. wouldn't expect you to, like, cut her out of your life. I wouldn't yeah. expect you to say... To pick sides. Oh, well, I can't be your friend because I'm Kat's friend. Like, right. I just don't think that's how it, how it works. And, and I do think both Reza and MJ are responsible for putting all of them in a pretty shitty position. I 100% agree, especially, I mean... I think if you look at like the example of Mike, I mean, Mike's been in this friendship just as long as Reza and MJ have. Like, I think they all went to high school together. Yeah. And it's incredibly unfair to put that on Mike, that Mike now can't be friends with a friend that he's been friends with so long simply because you're falling out with someone. It doesn't make any sense to me. And while we're, you can't and while we're on Mike, who the fuck yeah. knew that he was going to be the voice of reason in this whole thing? Blew me away. That I'm, like, writing down, like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, he's actually being the voice of reason. You know, I really respect him for standing up to Reza and being like, you know what, like, this all started kind of with these text messages. Like, why is it okay to mend that bridge without mending these others? Yeah. And he says and the, I think same, it makes he a says the same thing to MJ. He says, you both fucked up. And I think yeah. he's being... Exactly what a friend is. It's this idea of this blind loyalty that if you're friends with me, you can't be friends with them. And it's just bullshit because, yeah. it, you know, everything with time will seem less important and less mental. And right. Mike and Nima, I think, are doing really, really good things to try and start a conversation. And I think it is going to take some tough love. And I do hope that for the sake of their friends... For their for the sake of their friendship, but also for the sake of their friends, right. that they fucking figure this shit out. Absolutely, I really like the way Mike and Nima are doing it as well because I think they're being very honest with both sides. Like they're not slagging each other off to each other. They're not doing it in that way, like a real shady way. They're being very direct, upfront, and honest about how they're all feeling and how it's affecting the friend group to both parties. And I think that's the way you do it properly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the other thing that we had in this episode was the revelation that Gigi has lost the baby. I know. It's so sad. And possibly, I mean, we haven't, it may be in this next episode, but possibly has to have surgery um, to get her fallopian tubes removed. Ectopic pregnancies are crazy on the body. You can do some yeah. real damage. Well, and losing a baby at any stage of pregnancy Absolutely. is crazy on the brain as well. And, um, and I feel for her because I do think this is going to be a real challenge for her. The whole process yeah. in general is going to be a challenge. So I think, um, I hope that she takes the time to really process it and, and, and kind of mourn it, grieve it right. a little bit, because that kind of thing can come back to bite you on the ass. And it is a big deal, you know. Absolutely. She did lose a baby. Yeah. No. And I mean, I think especially, you know, when you're doing it alone, I think it's probably, I'm not going to say easy. I'm, I'm a, at a little bit of loss for words. Like when you don't have a, have like a partner to kind of mourn it with, it's even yeah. more important that you really take that time to kind of mourn it yourself and make sure that you're in the right headspace before, you know, getting pregnant again, which we know she does because on social she's media, pregnant she's pregnant now. So, um, but um, I did think it was really interesting how Reza reacted and he was like, oh my God, all of these issues just pale into insignificance as soon as I realized that Gigi's lost a baby and and I'm just I just need to shut up and she's been suffering in silence all this time and I'm like hang, hang on, on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> when you found out that MJ was nearly dead in the hospital in the ICU, 
why did the same thought not occur to you then? Like, why yeah. did you not go, oh, fuck, actually, in reality, not the all time. these things pale into insignificance? I, I, and the fact, as I was hearing him say the words, I was like, how are you not hearing this yourself? Like, how are yeah. you not going, oh, hang on a minute? Right. Do you know what I mean? It was so yeah. glaringly obvious. Right. Well, and I mean, it's not like Reza and Gigi have had the easiest friendship either. I mean... Every other season of the Shaws is them getting into it. Like as the montage that was playing during this dinner showed. I mean, there have been a lot of crazy, there's been a lot of crazy shit between Reza and Gigi. And I feel like if he can mend that friendship and be supportive and caring for her in a time, you know, that's just, you know, unbearable for her. Why can he not do the same with MJ? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't understand the double standard. I guess it's because they were so much closer for so much longer, so maybe the betrayal feels twice right. as bad. Uh, maybe because in this instance, he's the one that feels betrayed, whereas that's not the case with Gigi. But I don't know. I still think you need to be yeah. able to just fucking put shit in order of importance and yeah. move on. No, and I think that's what everybody in the friend group feels, right? Like, they all just want the two of them to sit down and have a conversation. So hopefully we'll get to see a conversation. I don't know how. I mean, obviously it wasn't productive because they are still not following each other, still not friends, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, and for my money, Nima makes the best feeder. Oh, 100%. I mean, I love that they went all out. I love that Vita is in a place now where she can appreciate a bunch of dudes dressing up like her without losing her shit and being crazy. Like, it was that was such a fun party. It really like, I was. loved it, other than the end kind of fighting around the table. But, um, yeah. Yeah, apart from that. But also, I was like, why, did, why isn't MJ dressed up as Vita? Yeah. Like, she's made everybody else dress right? up as Vita, and she turns up looking glam. Yeah, well, I mean, Paulina looked like a pretty glam version of Vita as well. <laughs> Paulina unnerved me the most. Like, there was something about, I don't know what it was, there was something about her in that as a outfit blonde? that made me feel a bit creepy. I don't know why. Interesting. Well, I don't know. Um, I appreciate people who go all out for fancy dress, like to the point where they hire makeup artists and prosthetics to like do the face. It's incredible. I mean, that's just a quick reference to Vanderpump Rules, but that is one of the things that I'll always love Tom Sandoval for. Yeah. Yeah. A real commitment to the fancy dress. All the time, every time. <laughs> um, anyway, that's uh, Shards of Sunset for this week. Um, I am praying daily that they make it up, but we'll see. Um, then it's Family Karma, our newest and most favorite show on the block. Oh my gosh, 100%. Um, this week we are kind of all about Fire Tower, the last celebration of Diwali. Um, I love that Anisha had to look up what Diwali actually meant at the beginning of this episode. Do you know what? My six-year-old daughter would have been able to tell you all about Diwali. She, because we live in a very Indian-heavy area in right. London, um, it's like... 80% of kids in her class are Indian. So Diwali is kind of a big thing that they do. Yeah. But Billy was like, A, she's really pissed off with us because we don't have, we haven't given her a religion that requires like fun festivals and lights and well, great just tell outfits. her Christianity so doesn't have that. White people don't have those religions. She's, well, she doesn't even really have Christianity. I mean, we got a Christian yeah, no. <laughs> schools, yeah. um, but we didn't even end up sending her to the school. So that was a waste of time. Um, so she's pissed off that we haven't given her a religion. So she's decided to be a Christian, which is fine. We're kind of just... Yeah, whatever they work, decide. Letting her work through that. Um, but she's also adopted a lot of the Hindu festivals. So Diwali for her is like literally one of her favorite things. And That's whenever brilliant. it is Diwali, she just walks around. She's like, happy Diwali. She's got an outfit. Our, our car mechanic, who is Hindu, um, discovered that Billy really, really loved Diwali. And so his wife bought her and Beau Diwali outfits. Oh my God, that's the sweetest, cutest oh thing God. ever. She, she bloody loves it. She loves it. And she just is really annoyed that she's not Hindu. Eh, well, she can be. Tell she her that. She can be, but, well, she can be, but I don't have any fucking time to, to, to sort that <laughs> shit out. So she's going to have to sort out Hinduism all by herself. That's fine. Um, Give her a project to do during coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, so we found out about Lakshmi and she brings you prosperity and all of that. See, yes. I know, I know my shit. Um, yeah. I did love, I think my favorite line in this whole scene was Brian doing the kind of sand art on the floor with his mom. And he's like, I feel like Tony Montana. 
Yes. And I love I that like, his mom got it and laughed her dirty little laugh that she has. That it's little cackle incredible. of his mom's is just my favorite. It's like yeah. the noise of heaven. <laughs> um, but the Anisha Vishal conflict still rumbles on so much so yeah. that Anisha decided to duck Fire Tower altogether, which was a shame, but I, yeah. I get it. I totally understand her reasoning. Like I just, she was like, I didn't want to deal with it. I just wanted to spend the holiday with my family. I knew if I went there, I'd have to deal with it all. And I just chose not to. And I respect her for that. Um, however, Bali did not get the memo. So Bali ended up going and being kind of attacked by Amrit and Vishal. Yeah, she got ambushed. And I think- It's just not the place. It's not the place. And also I just don't like these two together. Amrit and no. Vishal, there's just something really- petty and schoolboy about them and I don't think any of them have ever really grown up no and that it just really bothers me how they're handling it and I really appreciated Bali going "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no this is yeah. not how you speak to me and I'm leaving because yeah. I think they did forget their place absolutely I mean they totally mean girled her like yeah. that's mean girl bullshit behavior and it's not cool and I don't like that they do it it makes it makes my opinion of them both go down quite a lot um this whole kind of scandal has done that um, me, too, me too, actually. And, and I don't think it was a good idea for them to even want to talk to Anisha at Fire Tower about all this again. Like, it's just not the place. If you want to talk to her, fucking call her on the phone. Oh, my God. But he's such a fucking wet pussy. Uh, he can't just pick up the fucking phone no. and call her. And I think, even this lunch with four of them, I think, is a mistake. Like, I think yeah. it should have just been Vishal and Anisha. And I think Bali and Amrit shouldn't have been involved. But the lunch kind of in some ways, worked out well. Amrit did take responsibility and did apologize. And apologized, yeah. Um, And Vishal sat there right next to him and just couldn't fucking do it. No, this is, I've, I've, I've lost a lot of respect for Vishal in this because I don't like the thought process where you're like, well, our friendship should speak for itself. I don't really need to apologize. Like, no, when you're a dickhead, you need to apologize. And again, you did do everything Bali said you did. It is on video. Anisha will watch it. And she's and she's correct. All you have to do is tell her you're fucking sorry and yeah. that you messed up. It's and not that, that what, difficult. What Anisha does is just at this point kind of go, she, she just plays the bigger person. She's like, fuck it. I can't have this conversation anymore. So I'm just going to sit here. We'll be civil. Yeah. I'll fucking I'll eat my and food. ask his question. I'll eat my food. And then, and then we're done. Um, I am liking, I mean, I am, at first there was this kind of buffoonery about Vishal, this kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like the lovable jester, like kind of the lovable oaf. Now I just think he's kind of a cunt, but time will tell. Right. Um, But he's just so fucking spineless. It's painful to watch. I think especially around stronger people. Like I think Amrit is the stronger of the two. And I give Amrit a lot of, props for apologizing for his behavior he realized he did wrong he apologized to anisha and it's fine that's all anisha needed amrit was big enough to do that i don't know why vishal just didn't you know kind of take his lead and do that but um yeah yeah it's just he's a flip-flopper and i don't whoever he's with is the one that and that just i just can't be bothered well that's wet character isn't it like if you can't just be who you are then you've got wet character yeah no, I agree. Um, the other thing that we talked a lot about, what well, that we saw a lot about was Brian and Monica, the Aladdin oh, and Jasmine of reality TV. A hundred percent. I really feel for Brian because I think he's in a position where he's just like, fuck, I, I really regret my bullshit decisions that I made when I was younger. I just wasn't in the right place. But I think, you know, I think Monica is also really right for doing what she's doing. Like, you know what? I just don't feel that way about you anymore. I've put it in a box after what happened. And I just, you know, I don't want our friendship to be hurt. I'm not willing to do that yet. Even though Raj would love for them to get together. Brian's parents want them to get together. I think everybody does. But I I have a lot of respect for Monica for kind of just doing what she feels is right versus what everybody wants her to do. So I think I it'd be easy for her to do that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I don't think it's over for them, though. I think that, not necessarily in this season, for sure, yeah. but I, I can't help but feel like eventually they may end up coming back together. But tonight, like, now is not the time. No, we were messaged on Instagram um, that she's actually dating somebody else at the moment, you know, someone that oh, yeah, doesn't Bali live with their ta- parents. Oh, yeah, Bali messaged us to tell no, us No, it, was, it wasn't her. It was, it was somebody else. It was a 
it was a Bali account, but it wasn't actually her. Oh. Um, but yeah, so she's dating somebody else right now. So we'll see kind of how that all plays out. It doesn't mean that she'll be, you know, dating them forever. And maybe we will get, you know, that whole love story, but we'll see. I agree. Let's see what happens. Um, below deck sailing yacht. Oh man. I feel like this is just the episode where we see Madison just falling the fuck apart. I agree. I'm, I either she, I, I'm going to put it out there. I think she's either going to get fired or she's going to walk in the next episode. Ooh, that's a bold statement, my friend. Well, you know, I like to I like to get in there, put myself on the line, commit. Yeah. Interesting. You're I not do. of a shawl. No, I yeah, I'm not of a shawl. Um, I think she's going to I think she she is going to walk away actually is what I think she's going to walk. Um, I think that she is breaking, but I also think that she just needs to get some fucking sleep. Oh my gosh, 100%. I mean, this harkens, it really takes me back to like those days of being an early mom where all you want is just some fucking sleep. And because you're not getting fucking sleep, you're making crazy ass decisions and you don't even know where you are half the time. You don't know how to interact with people. It's all kind of a big fucking mess. And I feel that's a, that's exactly where Madison is now. Like every night after these guests go to bed, I just want to shake her and be like, go the fuck to sleep. Like I will read you the Samuel L. Jackson story. If that will help go the fuck to sleep. <laughs> I, no, I agree. And, and not only is it really irresponsible, it's also illegal. There's like maritime law. That means that she has yeah. to be getting nine hours sleep. Um, and just f- to be doing it to just fucking hang out with Parker is so ridiculous because it, it is hands down the root of all her fucking problems right now. It is. And I think she did fuck up on the beach party. I don't think she would have fucked up as much if she had had some sleep. But all she's doing is necking energy drinks and right. not sleeping. No. And I mean, you know, we see Parker texting with his ex at the moment too. So like, it's not even like, you're not actually getting anywhere with Parker by staying up late and trying to do these things. Like I understand maybe and just a need to connect with somebody that you're friendly with, but you can do that during the day. Like you don't need to kind of put yourself at risk, your job at risk, guess possibly at risk to not get enough sleep. Like it's just no. not on. There is something going on with her. I think she's very manic. I don't know what it is. There have been hints about possible drug storylines coming up. I don't know. My feeling is when I made the call, it was a crew member. I was thinking about Madison, but I don't know for sure. So we'll see. I I don't know. I I think we'll see. But um, I do think Jenna was in the right for speaking to her about the beach party because I think Adam made a really good point. Like, well, of course, it's going to be windy on like the point of the island. You need to move it inward. Like that's a fairly basic the only thing thing. that i have to say about that is that the very very opening of this episode when we got a little bit more footage of sierra and madison sitting down at the beach saying well we have to hold the beach and there was definitely an element i remember of them having to go and hold the beach because they wanted it to be private and so maybe maybe and i'm just playing devil's avocado maybe they were kind of sitting around going well we're here early on purpose to hold the beach we don't have to get off our asses and do it yet we've got time yeah my rebuttal would be i would just get it done like and this is probably coming just from like personal work stuff i would like knock it out and then just hang out Oh, yeah. I mean, I would too. I, I definitely would too. But I'm just putting yeah, the yeah, point yeah. that maybe no, they weren't true. like on purpose just not fucking giving a shit and maybe they right. just had a different game plan. Well, and I know they had to scramble because the original game plan wasn't to bring the guests there right then either. So there was a yeah. bit of a scramble and it was like all just kind of a fucking mess. But ultimately you were there to set up the beach stuff and that wasn't fucking done. And no. if I was Jenna, I'd be pissed off too. I agree. Um, and I think Madison needs to accept that. I also feel like Parker's kind of having a bit of a rough ride at the moment. He kind of I, has this enviable self-assurance that is, to a certain extent, completely misplaced because he's kind of an idiot. I mean, he's lovable, but he's kind of an idiot. But yeah, he well, does he's have green. this infallible sense of self-assuredness, right. which I, I've, I've got to admire. I I think I admire it on the one hand, but I think it's landing him in a lot of shit on the other hand that he, that are very, that's very easily avoidable. And I don't get this, like, I don't get this kind of thought process that like you're brand new to a job. You don't really know a lot, but therefore you're not going to listen to people who've been doing this job a lot longer than you. 
I, I think that's arrogant and I think it could save you in the long run if you just took some clues or paid attention to what people were telling you, like the making the bed thing between him and Adam, you know, Paget really trying to like have some good chats with him. Like I understand that he was kind of trying to put himself out there with like going to check on the snorkeling, but then he didn't know to check the filter on the boat. And it's like, you, you, you need to know some of these basic things because they could save you a lot of time. So, yeah. you know, I mean, lesson learned. I'm sure he won't do that again, letting the boat overheat. But I also feel like his ego gets in the way of some of that stuff. I agree. I agree. Um, I am excited for next week, though. I think it's going to kick off in some way. So, Oh, yeah, um, it's a day off. It's 100% going to kick love off. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Can't wait. Um, then, Vanderpump. Vanderpump rules where we're on like day watch of James's sobriety. We're on day six and seven for anybody keeping track. <laughs> Bless James. I mean, the more I've been watching it, the more I, I mean, the more I can see how different he seems to be in this season yeah. to how he's been previously. I don't know whether it's going to last. And, uh, you know, the evidence suggests, the previous evidence suggests it probably won't, but it does seem to be. Um, and, and I, oh, fuck, it's another like, I love you, Lisa Vanderpump. Like the shit yeah. this guy, this kid has put her through and she's still so overwhelmingly supportive of him. Yeah, and I think, I mean, where I would say I feel like this time his not drinking is different is that he is, you know, going to AA and he spoke at, a, you know, at his AA meeting in this episode and really got to kind of get what the 12 steps are all about. And I think this is the first time that it's been taken this seriously rather than like, okay, I just won't drink. Um, so that kind of speaks to it being a little bit different for me, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, we know he is still sober or at least he was when he did the watch what happens live with Andy and he hit nine months. So whatever he's doing is working for him. So that makes me happy. Like you don't ever want to see somebody just continually being in a dark, dark place. No, but also I think it's quite easy to forget that he's a lot younger than everybody else. Absolutely. Like he's still only 27, 28. So, yeah. you know, he's got time to make it work. He's got time to get his life back on track. And it's nice to see that happening because he is really talented. He he really is. Like he knows his craft. And when he shows up and he's sober, he's badass at it. Like his, I thought his see you next Tuesdays were clever. It was a fun yeah. name. He obviously packed sir. And had he not been drinking so recklessly, he still would have had that if not more. And I think maybe that's where he's kind of looking back and making different life choices now, because while he is still young, he is still 27. I mean, yeah. I was 27 when I met you. Yeah. Um, and just knowing that kind of difference in life choices, 27 is yeah. still on the older side versus like figuring yeah. this out at, you know, 22 or 23. I uh, mean, to be fair, at 27, I was probably drinking more than 100%. James drinking. But, yeah. I'm, you know, it doesn't turn me into quite the dick that it turns him into. No, and I think uh, that's well, the Well, I problem. mean, white wine does, but we don't, let's not <laughs> we talk about that. Not, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I loved seeing um, this prank off that they ended up having in this episode for Jackson's birthday as well. Oh my God, well. so funny. So funny, and... TPing somebody's house is like hands down the most irritating thing that somebody can do. Like, I get that. It's like, especially if you're really chucking it up in the highest. Oh my gosh, she totally trees. was. I mean, like, uh, I think Jackson and Brittany took it really, really well. They really um, did. And, you know, and, and of course it had Tom Sandoval's name all over it. Everybody was like, ha ha ha, it's annoying. And then R Randall comes in and says, for your birthday present, we're going to prank him back. And Fucking they get this gold. prank where they bring the police in and they arrest him and they put him in the car and everything. And then they're like, oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. I, it, it was an amazing like prank. He does. And I think this is the thing I do like about Tom Sandoval is like he dishes his out, he dishes it out, but he is also able to really take it and take it for what it was. Um, I don't think we can say the same about a few people at that party. Listen, I, Katie, I've always been a little bit lukewarm with. There's just right. something about her that I just, it's not that I don't not like her. Yeah. She, but there's just something about her that I can't get on board with. And this is just an example of her kind of being a dick. Yeah. I mean, I think she made it something it wasn't. Yes. It was a prank. Everybody knew it was. I don't really understand. I mean, I, 
I understand the whole like not wanting to joke around about police officers arresting people when they shouldn't. Totally. Like I get that. A hundred percent. But that's not what this was. No, this was and a also, joke. And also even if you know, even if you are deeply offended, it didn't happen to her. Like it didn't right. happen to her. Or and her the person husband. it happened to was fine with it. And it wasn't yeah. her husband either. And no. I think even if she does have a problem, she just doesn't play it very well. Do you know no, what I mean? I think like, it would it would have been fine if she just said, I have a problem with this. Like, I don't necessarily think that's funny. I'm glad you guys are all okay. Like, this is just my personal thing. But she sat there with like a puss on her face and was like really, really angry about it and super judgy about it. And I think that's my problem with Katie. I think Katie is super fucking judgy. I agree. I think just as I said the word judgy, I was like, that is what it is that I just don't like about her. There is a sense of superiority about her and that bothers me because she is flawed and she's flawed in perfectly acceptable and wonderful ways. But her lack of self-awareness sometimes is just a little bit affronting. And I think this was a perfect example. I don't think Tom handled it brilliantly. No. I mean, this is what I find so fascinating about Tom Schwartz is when he is sober, he is one of the most loveliest people I have the pleasure of watching on TV. I think he's super kind. I think he's very empathetic of others and ultimately just wants everybody to have a good time and be all okay. But when he's hammered, he can be fucking vile. And it is mainly towards Katie. She bears the brunt of it always. And I think that's my problem. Like when he's drunk, he's never vile towards anybody else. It is always Katie. And I am starting to wonder if there is some element of truth in, not not truth in what he's saying, not like she's fucking minging, but like if there are some real feelings fueling this kind of behavior. Um, Because I do think that Tom is genuinely very kind, very thoughtful, very empathetic. I don't think they're qualities that Katie necessarily possesses. And I think he's always struggled with that side of her. He's always struggled to respect that side of her, quite rightly. Like, it's not how he operates. Yeah. So I do wonder if there are kind of genuine feelings of Tom being a little unhappy with the girl he's ended up with. Well, it's interesting to me because I think when they're both that drunk, they're both the same. Like old Tequila Kaylee, old Tequila Katie was exactly the same way with like her angry text and like her getting all crazy. And she has really toned that down because it's pretty unattractive just on a, you know, a personal characteristic level. But um, I think everybody, you know, is very shocked at like Schwartz doing this. Like you see Tom just being like, dude, like you really need to chill. Like shut up stop saying this I think that's what made me think hang on I think there might be something real here because it was so instant and it was so vicious it was like I you fucking disgust me like it was so it came from somewhere like it was like a trigger a button had been pushed and this shit just came out and I think he's disappointed that she can't just get on and have fun. She can't be more like Ariana and just kind of laugh it off. She can't be more like Sheena or, you know, whatever it is. She has to be judgy. She has to bring everything down. And I think that really, really bothers Tom. And I do think he finds it unattractive. Unattractive. Yeah, Um, I would agree. You know, I I don't think, I I think the way he said and the things he said and and doing it in front of everybody is pretty unforgivable. Like what he did was horrendous. Um, but I am really interested to see how these two work out. My, totally. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, my hopes aren't high. I mean, honestly, I never thought they would actually get married kind of previous to their marriage. Just watching all the episodes, there are some real, I, I feel, and maybe this is me being judgy, some incompatible personality issues. But um, yeah. I don't know if they're together just because it's easier and they've always been together. And that's always kind of been my thought in the back of my brain but i think we'll see how how it all goes randall was a champ for setting up that prank he is the king i love him i love him he's so just light and i think that's what makes him like a nice addition to seeing him on screen finally it's just this like light-hearted loveliness that i actually didn't expect from just seeing pictures of him and not really knowing him well, I think there's always this, you know, you always make assumptions and obviously we shouldn't, but when 
there's an older, really, really wealthy guy right. that's going out with a really young, hot girl. You make assumptions about what that looks like and who that is. Um, and he's not that guy. And I totally get why Lala's into him. Like, yeah, I think he's attractive. I think he, he makes me laugh. He's fun. And he's got a private jet. So, you know. I think they're very similar people, actually, like in the way that they like to joke and have a good time and, you know, especially sober Lala. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for that wedding. Me too. It's going to be incredible. It is postponed, um, I think, due to coronavirus, but um, we'll see it eventually. Um, And then the Kardashians. Courtney, 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 Courtney. Oh, man. I mean, they really laid into each other with that fight. Like, they got some slaps in. You know what? I think that fight was good, though. Like, I think that fight needed to happen because I think it brought a lot of shit to the surface quicker than it would have had it not happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the violence is the answer, but I think... I think Courtney almost had to show people how frustrated she really was for people to maybe finally get it. And I mean, I'm including myself in that. Like part of me is just like, oh, like I'm tired of her whinging and whining. But I think in this episode, we see the real root cause. She does not want to be famous. Yeah. She doesn't want to be a celebrity. She doesn't want to do this. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, then don't. Yeah. I had this, this episode really made me for the first time in a long time, kind of sympathize towards Courtney a little bit more. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, I guess a lot of it has been editing. And I think now they sort of reveal to us a little bit more of the the humanity in Courtney. But it was really interesting, two things, that conversation that she had with Kim in the car where she said, I don't like being a celebrity. I was like, okay, fair enough. And then that conversation she had with the twins where one of them said, and I've got it written down, you feel you have to rise to the occasion for your family. And I suspect there probably has been, whether that's been an external pressure or whether that's been an internal pressure, this idea that she has to perform, that this is the family, that they're relying on her, that she has to show up. And maybe that's been the struggle, like wanting to, to fulfill it and, do what they need to do, but also really, really Hating not it. wanting to. Right. Um, so I guess I've, I started to feel for her a little bit more. And you could see, like, it was uncomfortable at that memorial, seeing yeah. all that press just jostling and vying to get a shot. Yeah, but I think Courtney makes a really good point, though, where she's like, but th- this isn't a vacation, Courtney. Kim. Kim makes Kim, a good point. Yeah, yeah, Kim makes the point where she says, like, this isn't a vacation. Like, we are yeah. here to be loud about this issue. And that means having a bunch of people take our pictures with us at this memorial because that means a lot to them. And that's why we're here. And I think Kim has always been very, very smart. I mean, I think Courtney gets to it at the end of this episode where she's like, well, I'm just going to be more in control of what they're filming. And part of me is like, yeah, no shit. Like, have you learned nothing watching Kim? Kim is very tight with what she allows to be filmed and what's not. We're never really, we're in her home a little bit. We never really see a lot of Kanye. We don't really see loads about our kids. We see more about her causes and what she's doing in business and the stuff with her sisters. And I think Kim has had this figured out for a really long time. I'm glad Courtney's finally got there. I think it's going to do a lot for her mental health if she feels she has more control over this because I think that's always been the issue. She, the control's always been there. She's just never felt that she actually had it. Yeah, and I think we're going to see Courtney pull back a lot more than Kim. Like, I think we're going to see yeah. far. I think we're going to see sort of the Kendall element right. of Courtney. You know, I think that's and I'm okay with that. I don't want to see okay someone being miserable too. about it all the time. No. It's not good watching. It's not entertaining. No. No, it's not. It's not good television. And I I don't want to be watching a TV show where somebody feels that they're being exploited. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to be part of that either. No, it makes you feel a bit dirty. (laughs) It does. I feel a little bit dirty. Yeah, I do. So, you know, I think it's a good thing that she's gone. Um, I just think they're very different people. Kim and Chris are exactly the same. Like, they are work, work, work. They are... They, you know, so somehow and they it. manage to find 34 hours in the day when yeah. everybody else manages 24. Um, that's who they are. And, and it's very difficult for, for them to understand 
Courtney. And I think right. again, that's been part of the problem. That yeah, well, been Scott this speaks to that, that doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Scott speaks a lot to that. Like just because she doesn't say it the way you think she should, doesn't mean she doesn't mean it. She wants a relationship with you guys. She's not trying to be a dick. Like that's just who she kind of is. Yeah, you know and. Um, I thought Kendall made an interesting point that she feels she's seen a marked difference since the breakup with Scott. And and I think that Kendall's right that she hasn't actually processed all that stuff yet. And maybe she just hasn't had time to. I mean, she's got a busy filming schedule. She's starting a business. She has three kids. Maybe she hasn't really processed everything that's kind of been happening in the past few years. Um, one thing I didn't like about Courtney and this is the conversation between her and Chloe. It really rubbed me the wrong way. I don't think she listens to Chloe. I think, in my opinion, Chloe was really trying to not rehash shit, but like explain where she was coming from. And Courtney didn't want to hear it. And that bothered me. I think I, I sort of thought about this scene quite a lot. And I think what's happened is, while I, I absolutely agree that that's what happened, yeah. I think that this Kim, Chloe versus Courtney thing has now become a habit. Like, right. for, it, for, for that to get better, the three of them are going to consciously have to break that shit down yeah. and build it up. And so I think that Courtney, to a certain extent, feels like every conversation is now just this the same thing. It's the same right. thing. Whatever the conversation is, yeah. it's the same thing. And I think... You know, Chloe's been slightly empowered by Kim, so I think that she's, you know, she's in a position of power because she's got Kim's got her back, and there are two some. While I do agree, Courtney's not listening. I think it just needs time. I think these girls need some fucking space, a little bit yeah. of therapy, uh, and I think they need to get in a room with a therapist and fucking They've, sort this ha- out. They have tried to do that, haven't they? Like in the past, like not I mean, maybe I last season, but the season once. before. I don't know whether they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, on the yeah. regular. I mean, I think they definitely um, should be. I mean, just. Because mental, but I think that this is they're yeah. in a rut that right. unless all three of them consciously try to get out of it, the conversations are always going to be the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is sad. I hope Courtney gets better. I hope it works out. I'm interested to see the dynamic of the show, how it affects it. Right. Um, you know, let's see what I, happens. Yeah. One thing about this episode that I also really liked is, I mean, we were all a bit down on Corey. I think last season when he made some really disturbing comments. I really liked the way he spoke to Chris in Paris where he was like, you need to take your manager hat off and be her mom. This is her health. We're not just like, this is bullshit. Like you need to comfort her and be her mom. You need to take that hat off. And I really, I think that's why Chris keeps like, I think that's why Corey is around. Cause I think Corey can speak to Chris in a way that maybe other people can and remind her of what's important about like the family and like the real relationship, not just the managerial relationship of their relation with their kind of setup. Well, and this speaks to what I was talking about before the similarities between Chris and Kim, because I think you could say the same to Kim. I think you could say, look, Kim, take your business hat off, take the Kardashians hat off and look at Courtney as your sister and see if she, you know, can you help her? Like if, if the work wasn't happening, wouldn't, would you be more sympathetic to her? Yeah. And And I I think think that's what the twins were trying to do in reminding them that they need to bring their hearts back into their, interactions with each other and that it's not just business. And I think, I mean, that's a hard thing. I mean, I work with my husband on like one account and I quite often have to remind myself that like to either speak to him in work mode about work, not in like wife husband mode. And then like when we're not working together, it's not about work. It's about us too. And it's, it's hard just for us and it's nowhere. The stakes are nowhere near as high as like the Kardashian shit. So, well, and the boundaries are nowhere near as blurred. Like this is, their whole personal right. life is their business life. I mean, how you that's fucking manage rough. that? I've got no idea. No, no. And I think that's why I could never be on a reality show because I don't think I could handle all of those boundaries being so blurred. I just, I don't, I don't know. Oh my God. It'd the be hard as fuck. in me just really wants to be on a reality I know. show. Um, and then finally, we welcome back Real, Real Housewives of New York. Oh man. And I mean, I don't think there's like loads to talk about. I think we should just talk about our first impressions of this first episode. Um, My number one takeaway is 
I think I love Leah. I think she's a great addition to the cast. I think Leah is a great addition. I think she's going to, I think Ramona is going to fucking hate her. Yes, I agree. Um, I think, I think Leah's good. I think she injects an element of youth and kind of sass into it. I'm excited to see what she does. I think it's nice having the Tinsley link. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to bring her a bit more in. Um, So yeah, Yeah, I'm excited. I like this kind of Tinsley that we see in this episode. Though again, like when you know real life versus what's been filmed, like in this episode, she's not dating Scott. She's dating some guy named Bruce with kids. We all know that that obviously doesn't work out because she's now engaged. you said this. I don't know that. Oh, really? Like it was everywhere. They're engaged. This is going to be her last like season of The Housewives because she's going to move to Chicago. Yeah, like that's everywhere. Oh, I'll send you some stuff. But yeah, so anyways, for me, it's a bit hard to like, again, no reality versus what's been filmed. But um, I really liked the ballsy way she kind of stood up to Dorinda. I think Dorinda went a little psycho because all she was asking for was a conversation at a later date and not to do this here. And Dorinda wasn't having it and just fucking went all in and was a huge dick. Yeah, Dorinda sort of lost her shit a little bit. She's got yeah. skinny and short hair, and now she's like, well, I she, don't know what... Part of me wonders if like, she's trying to be the Beth, like the old Bethany of the group now. Like Now that Bethany's not there, she wants to be the one that like takes people to task. I mean, that wasn't later Bethany, but it was early Bethany. Well, I think as well, there's going to be a certain amount of energy between them because Bethany has gone and she really was the firecracker. She was absolutely hugely, hugely popular by far the most popular housewife. So I think it's kind of set the cat amongst the pigeons that she's not there. And I think there'll be a worry that without her, it might not be as an exciting season. So maybe they're just coming hot out the gates. And well, it's like a power vacuum, right? Like the Arab spring, like when you remove maybe the dictator, everything goes a little batshit crazy for a little bit. So I think that's what we're going to see this season. We're going to see like power plays going on. But everybody was ballsy. Tinsley was ballsier than we've yeah. seen her. Um, I think Luann is now off probation. I give her mm, one more 60 episode. seconds before <laughs> she is shit-faced. Yeah. Shit-faced. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think, I think we're going to see it kind of all far, fall, fall apart a little bit. Um, we see her and Sonia together at the beginning, kind of outside court. And I really like the way Sonia stood up for herself with Luann yeah. in that chat. I think that's a bit of a new Sonia that we haven't seen a lot of, though her fucking house is a wreck. Like, I love her, but, like, I just don't get it. I don't get it either. She's fucking um, chaotic. She she will be found dead, like, amongst... <laughs> But like hoarder, they'll have she's to dig her out. She's a hoarder. They'll have to dig her body out. Of like, like I'm glad she has a smaller bag. I'm glad she has a smaller place because I think maybe she was thinking that would help the hoarding. But I mean, it's like you can't even walk into that place. I know it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It gives me hives even just watching it. I can't yeah, bear it. No, I thought a lot about you when I was watching it. Um, but we see that like her daughter has now gone to college, so I think we're going to see a bit of an emotional Sonia, but maybe one that's a little more apt to stick up for herself. I agree. Um, you know what? It's nice to see even Dorinda was batshit crazy, but it, I'm getting on board with Dorinda and John slowly, yeah. but surely. Like I have to say, I have never really wanted, certainly at the beginning, he like went out of his way to make us all think he was such a twat, but he seems to be, we seem to be seeing the John that Dorinda must see. Cause otherwise right. why the fuck would she be with him? But yeah, no idea. I, I, I kind of like him. I like that he kind of calls her to task for being a bit controlling. Like that whole cooking together scene, I think was a real interesting window into kind of how their relationship has operated. And I think John is not having it that way anymore. And I think, yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with that. I loved that Dorinda had the drag queen singing, feeling Giovanni at the party and how if she and Luann weren't in an okay place, Luann could be very offended Offended. by that, but she took it in fun. And I think that was really nice to see. Like, hopefully that all that bullshit is done. Like I can't watch any more of that. I can't talk. I can't talk about Giovanni anymore. Um, just a little aside. Yeah. Dorinda's makeup artist. I used to work with really Luke. He used to do the Saturdays when I was touring with, um, 
with them. So I'm going to see if Ooh. I can get... I'm going to see if I can, you know, figure something out. Yeah, Hopefully. yeah. Maybe just get his thoughts on Dorinda. Yes. For us. Uh, the other thing I do want to talk about, though, was is Ramona, because we see her being really, 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 really sad. Like, ridiculously. Like, hysterical in a bar. Like, there's... This is yeah. the thing, like Ramona. If you end up crying in public because you're a bit drunk, which let's face it, we've Fine. all fucking we've done. all done it. It's okay. You, it's sort of like a silent looking up, tears welling up, streaming down your cheeks, quiet cry. It's a real emotion. Oh my god, Ramona was like. <laughs> I think Ramona only has two settings, and that's like zero and ten. Yeah. I don't I think, think there's right. anything in between. Like she's either can be chill and fine or she's fucking crazy and hysterical. And I think we definitely saw crazy and hysterical. I think we're looking at someone who's kind of dealing with life change, right? Like I think her daughter is out of college now, but obviously still not at home, but has graduated. She's 60. She doesn't have a husband, like doesn't have a partner. And I think she's freaking the fuck out. Well, I think she spent a few years playing the field after Mario and like yeah. really enjoying the single life. And I think now she's like for a while been wanting to actually settle down and that guy hasn't appeared. So she's going mm. through the whole, I'm never going to find happiness. I'm never going to find somebody. I'm going to be on my own forever. I'll die alone thing. Um, which she may do because she's kind of hard fucking work. But yeah, the rumors are that her and Mario are They're quarantining together, it. aren't they? are rekindling the relationship. And in fact, before they were quarantining together, there were rumors that they were back together. So yeah, interesting. We will um, we will see. If they are back together, I hope they are genuinely back together because they really fucking love each other and right. because she's just a bit sad and lonely. No, I agree with you. Like, I hope maybe they just needed to take a break because they'd been together for a really long time and kind of figure out what their relationship was going to look like when their daughter left because I think that was probably a part of it on how do they actually interact when they don't have a kid. And I think that's something everybody goes through once kids leave and it's like a process. But anyways, um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm definitely glad she's not with that William guy who was at the party. I loved oh. how Leah called him out. We're like, he looks like a dude who looks at himself when he has sex. Leah is brilliant. <laughs> I love it. And then like, and you know she what? even she's... went further. It was like where he could be like trying to find your, like pretending that he's like rubbing on your clit, but like actually has no clue where it is. So he's like rubbing your leg and you're just like, this is a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we've all had that guy. He's the yeah. guy that takes selfies at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. Um, no, I think she's a straight shooter. It's going to be fun. I'm excited about this season. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see That's where what we're the crazy that New York City brings. Because I don't know if it's going to be affected by coronavirus. I don't know if they're still recording it or if it's in the can. I think it's in the can. I think it was in the can beforehand. But obviously, I mean, and they haven't started shooting the reunion yet. So maybe they have kind of missed the coronavirus curve. Um, Cause I know they were filming the reunion for the real housewives of Atlanta during the breakout. So like that's been postponed. So I wonder if that one and Beverly Hills kind of got in and then maybe the reunions will be after hopefully yeah. that the curve is flattened and we can get that back. So, I mean, I think we'll going forward, every, every reunion should practice social distancing. Just put them, just put them just all for two safety. meters apart, just for safety. <laughs> just do zoom reunions because I put up an article. I put up an article in our Facebook group that they're filming the finale of the Kardashians all on their own phones from their own houses. And so that's how they've done the finale of this season. So it, it'll be oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how all these things change. But well, it's fair. I mean, fair to say that Kardashians know what they're doing when it comes to filming shit. On oh their yeah. Phone, so I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but that's us. That's a full roster of six shows for this week. We may even be heading to seven shows next week if Real Housewives of Atlanta comes back on because it wasn't on right. this week. No, it wasn't. Um, I think we only have one more episode. So if it does, yeah, I know. It's like the t most tedious. Yeah. Also to you guys, I am going to get on, I'm going to hold myself accountable for this and put it on the podcast, but <gasps> I'm going to get on editing because we, it. we video all of these podcasts and it's just been something I haven't gotten to. I'm getting to it this week. We will be on YouTube at TV. My husband hates. So you can actually see 
us videoing these. I think there's one podcast, there's like one podcast where the video is really messed up. So it probably won't be on there. And then there's one that I, we did in London where we just didn't film it. Um, but you saw plenty <laughs> well, of us in London together. We weren't so. being lazy. At that point, we were thinking of doing a different thing. Yeah. But now we've gone back to the original plan. Right, but other right. Than that should be a full. They'll a all full be act. up there. I'll work on it. I promise you all. So keep your eyes open. Sometimes I'll- we look pretty. Sometimes we look tired like I do today. <laughs> you know, you never know with us. So, you know, tune in and you'll actually be able to watch the videos of the podcast. So they'll be slow going up, but I will get to it and at least get the first couple up this coming week. So that's my task. Also, again, if you guys want to do a reality TV pub quiz or something along those lines, please let us know if you're interested and we will get working on that because I think it could be a lot of fun and we could all hang together in real time, which would be brilliant. We have to figure out some logistics, but we'll talk about that off air. Um, In the meantime, guys, have a great week. I'm sure you've got a jam-packed schedule of taking a trip from the bedroom to the kitchen, maybe up to the bathroom. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) We're not going any further than that. That's for sure. Stay safe and stay apart. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.